0: (laughs) Hey, did you guys know that Sarah is so afraid of getting pregnant that she's on the pill but she still takes plan B, like, all the time? Well, it's only $50 a pop, so I feel like that's worth it for the peace of mind. Totally, which is why Barry and I are on this new method where they zapped
1: my uterus into a dormant phase. My womb is essentially in a coma right now. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of period sis brought to you by none other than the official box owner. I'm your girl, Mandy B your host. And I'm super excited about this episode today because. Duh, we're talking about birth control today. You saw it in the title. You know what it is. I think we all have some level of experience with some sort of birth control, or at least had the conversation with it. So I'm super excited today to be joined with a healthcare professional to talk about all of the pros and cons amongst all of the variety and options of birth control that we have. Once again, it's another tale of womanhood for women by women. And today we are joined by Esme who is a healthcare professional who has a lot and tons of knowledge in this birth control space. So hello Esme, thank you so much for joining me today. A lot of you may have already joined us in this conversation if you were an early on Patreon member of the official box owner uh, and and the box owner hive that we had going on at one point. But I definitely wanted to bring this conversation to the forefront uh, for all of the listeners over here at PeriodSys. I think that this is important and one of the reasons, I'm not sure how we even met, maybe I made a post about it, was it Twitter? So there were all of these, uh, when I first met my partner, there was immediately because we we very quickly, uh, I feel like fell in love and was like, okay, no barriers needed for having unprotected sex. And there was an early, early on conversation regarding uh, pregnancy and what our options were. And I let him know upfront, I did not want uh, a baby. However, with all of the things that I was doing with building all of my own businesses, it was also very important for me to feel like I was in control of my emotions and feelings. And that's what I make, that's what I assume often comes with birth control is that as a woman, you no longer are in control of yourself. So let's start there. I guess, where did you get into really doing your research and being uh, a, a, a part of where you really started researching uh, birth control methods?
0: Sure. Yeah. So first, also, I just want to make it clear I'm not a licensed uh, healthcare. care. Um, like I'm not a clinician. I'm not a physician. So just want to make that clear for the listeners that nothing I say replaces talking with a licensed <laughs> clinician or physician. Um, so how I got into this was I was actually raised by a single father. And mm-hmm. I feel yeah, I feel that a lot of my uh, learning and development around reproductive health and sexuality in my body um, was really kind of, you know, um, limited in that way because not having like a female figure in my life. And then also, obviously, like in school, you don't learn this kind of stuff in a way that's no. really helpful or progressive or empowering. Right. So as soon as I um, left high school and got into university, I kind of just began this exploration on my own, became really interested in it. Um, a couple of the courses that I took uh, in college kind of focused on this kind of stuff. I took like a female reproductive biology class. I took some other stuff around like evolutionary biology and reproduction. And so that's kind of how I got into it.
1: Awesome. So I really want to, I guess, let's start with breaking down the options, um, that many women have. And we have a list because again, you and your organization helped me out with how we were going to break down this conversation. Because again, Even when I started my research, uh, I'll be honest, I was researching on Twitter, for one. I was asking women about their different experiences with different options, and I was overwhelmed personally with A, how many options there were, um, and also just the range of pros and cons with each of them. So I guess let's start off with the types of birth control. And I guess we'll separate them, guys. There are three different I guess categories, there's a hormonal type of birth control, there's non-hormonal, and then there's the FAM method. So we're going to start with the ones that most of us are probably more so familiar with than anything. And so those are the hormonal options of birth control. Can you get into maybe starting to name those and then we can get into which ones you feel like are the best options, which ones have maybe more side effects than others. where do you want to start with the hormonal options?
0: Sure. Yeah. And, um, so before I even get into that, I'm going to say something that I used to say all the time when I used to work at a reproductive health clinic, which is okay. the, the best birth control method is the one that you're going to actually use. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. so yeah, so I mean, I like and, that that. It, and that includes side effects too. Cause like if you're hating how it makes you feel and you stop taking it, like you're not using it. Right.
1: right. So,
0: um, but in terms of hormonal methods, how we like to break them down usually is combined methods and non combined methods or progestin okay. only methods. So for combined methods, we have our pill patch ring. And then for uh, progestin only methods, we have our, um, the progestin only pill, which is sometimes called the mini pill. We have the implant, we have uh, the injection, the depot shot, and then we have the Mirena IUD.
1: Okay. And I'm, I'm super familiar with all of them. Um, I actually, of, of them all I have. Okay. Don't, don't judge me either. I've only popped the pills. I've only popped the pills to throw off my period (laughs) when I really wanted to have sex, maybe for a trip. Um, I did take the depot, the shot, which I personally did not enjoy my experience with, um, I really actually only got the shot twice, um, and only having it twice, I still did not have a period for the entire year. And then I ended up really, my body was just, I honestly thought I was pregnant by around December. So I got it in January. I got the shot again in March, didn't get it again. Um, and then by December, I feel like my body was maybe the, the medicine was leaving and I had actually, I was with a partner and I was like, uh Oh, I think I'm pregnant. Like that's how just out of whack my body was. And what's crazy is I literally bled for maybe a month and a half, uh, at, at right. Like the top of the top of January end of December is when, okay. My period came, it started off as spotting and then it was just a constant either heavy float, then just brown, then just spotting, then another heavy. And it was super inconsistent. Also during the time of, of depot, I felt like my skin was incontrollable. Um, and I mean, I've always battled with my weight, so I don't want to add weight to that as well, but I do feel like there was just a lot of things that were uncontrollable. Now those are normally cons. Do you have any, why are those normal side effects, I would say, for these, these type of birth control options. Sure. Yeah. So
0: before, before I even get into that, the, the one thing about, um, Well, okay. So first that kind of stuff is very common for a progestin only method in general. Now, now depo is very particular in the sense that the type of progestin that is used in the depo shot is very unlike the one that is naturally produced in our body. So if we, if you get on something like the mini pill, this is, this is my understanding. At least if you get on something like the Mirena, the implant or the mini pill, the form of progestin that those use is a little bit more similar to the one that that's that's naturally produced in the body whereas the one for depo is is very different okay um, and so i think that that might play a part of why people have really different experiences on depo some people have really great experiences i i mean when i was working at a reproductive health clinic we had patients that were on depo for years and years girl they loved it they came in every three months they love it oh yeah because they don't have to administer it you know regularly they come in every three months and they just love it they don't they don't mind how it makes them feel and they and it's effective um so so you know, again, when it comes to the question of birth control, and I'll always say this, and this is probably why I'm a good person for this, because I'm very neutral. Like there's pros and cons and everybody's so different, right? And different things matter to different people. But I will say that it's what you experience is a very common thing that happens. It doesn't happen to everyone, but especially, um, you know, for any progestin only method, it's very common that you end up, um, having unpredictable bleeding and then eventually, Mm. um, no people period at all. Not everyone's like that. Some people have the unpredictable bleeding for a long time on depo on the implant, Moreno, you know, whatever. Um, but for a lot of people, they just end up
1: stopping bleeding entirely. It's very common. Right. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, that was definitely my experience, I guess. And some just people like that off of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I love not bleeding, because I am one of those that if there's even a spot, I'm not really engaging in any sort of intercourse. I don't like a mess. Yeah, I don't like a mess. You know, I I don't like a mess in that way. So absolutely not. Um, I guess so the other the other um option is the non hormonal. And the the one that's in there that is similar to one of the hormonal is there's moreno, which is hormonal, which is a IUD. As far as non-hormonal, you have the copper IUD. What exactly is the difference? And, and, and I'll be honest in saying that was honestly, at one point, the option I really wanted to, to take, because that's one that you can leave in for years at a time and you can get it removed. However, my fear is that is also the one that oftentimes men claim they can feel. And yeah, so I wanted to have a conversation regarding the differences now, before we get into fully non-hormonal, what what do you see outside of the hormones is the difference between the Mirena um, and the, the copper, copper IUD? IUD. Sure. Um,
0: and then also, you know, I,
1: I don't think I even
0: answered your question about like the pros of say depo, but, and this oh, applies, this applies to Morena too, because Mirena is also progestin only method. Yeah. They're, they're highly effective. Again, some people don't want to bleed. Some people don't mind the unpredictable bleeding. The other thing is I believe that some of the things that prohibit women from getting on combined methods. So like being over 30, not prohibit, but our, are risk factors, right. um, smoking being over 35, those don't apply to progestin only methods. So so ah. they're, a, they're a highly effective method. Um, you know, the, the, the Mirena, the implant and the depot, and the mini pill if taken, um, you know, correctly. So, so yeah, those are some of the pros. Um, when it comes to the differences between the IUDs, um, so Mirena is a progestin only, Paragard is non-hormonal. And then there's also another third IUD. I think it's called Skyla. I actually am not 10% yes. sure I've, if it's combined or it. not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I would say that, you know, so in general, the pros of the IED of course, is just you put it in, you never have to think about it again. Um, um, with the Paragard, you're going through your natural cycle, you are ovulating, you are having that experience of being like a fertile cycling person. Um, Mm. and so, you know, if you want that experience, you know, and, and not, and, and you don't want any hormonal changes, then that might be a good option for you. It's highly effective. It can also be used as emergency contraception, the Paragard. Um, the biggest downside to the Paragard is it can cause heavier, um, heavier bleeding and a little bit crampier periods. Mm. Um, so, so with the Mirena, the Mirena is highly effective. Um, however, my sister had that. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people love the marina, but, um, but what can happen with the marina is the same exact thing that you described with the depot. You know, maybe you have this unpredictable bleeding, um, for however long, maybe it's a lot, maybe it's a little, and then eventually maybe you have no period at all, or maybe that doesn't happen. It's just kind of no way to really know. Um, so that those would be, I think the main differences between them.
1: I also then really, uh, really quickly wanted to ask, is there any way for maybe anyone considering birth control? Are there any pre-existing conditions with women that would maybe be able to to where someone could predict what their side effects would be with birth control or is it really like a you have to try it to see type of thing?
0: You pretty much have to oh, try it. To, I know, girl. Trial
1: and error on yeah. our the whole, whole fucking, fucking bodies and, and livelihoods.
0: livelihoods. I know. Okay.
1: I mean cuz I have I have friends that blame birth control for the, for the ending of their relationships, because it just, the arguments or them just feeling completely emotional and not being able to control that, I have friends that literally now have PTSD from birth control. Cause they blame their breakup on it. I guess getting back to the IUD and the non-hormonal options, what are those and what do they look like? Also, I know we mentioned the copper IUD, but what other non-hormonal options are there? So,
0: um,
1: in non-hormonal options, you know, you have your barrier methods, so that's mm. a condom.
0: You have also internal condom. Uh, there's the cervical cap, the diaphragm. Those are not really commonly <laughs> used anymore, but, <laughs> but it's important that people know that there's still options out there. Right.
1: Um, do you have to get them yeah, on Amazon now? No. Where do you get diaphragm? <laughs> like uh, I've, they're definitely not in my local pharmacy. So no, you have to get fitted you- for them.
0: see. So y- so oh. you have to go to a healthcare provider. You have to get fitted for them. Yeah.
1: Oh, they're like the N90 whatever masks that you should really actually be fit for even with COVID. Like my mom works in healthcare; They actually get fitted for those. Um, so, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, you get think, fitted for them. I men, think men should get fitted for their condoms as well. So, <laughs> so then maybe we, we, maybe they wouldn't fall out inside of us and everything else. Girl. okay so for diaphragms for diaphragms you would have to go to your healthcare provider of course we're all familiar uh with regular male condoms and i guess could we can we talk about what what experience do you have in having conversations with women who got the copper iud which is non hormonal which is amazing but with that being something that males can actually feel sometimes during penetration
0: i mean listen i i I, I don't know how much I've heard that. Okay. I I also you know I'm not gonna lie when I hear like people being like oh yeah my boyfriend complained <laughs> that he could feel my ring or my IUD. I'm like really like is it really that so bad I mean here's the thing okay. if if the if the IUD is not placed where it's because okay so you know we have the uterus. If, if, if the IUD is completely placed properly, the very bottom of it should not be peeking out of the cervix at all. Right. So what, I mean, it would have, I don't know, like it would have to be falling out a little bit for, for the, for the partner to be able to feel it. I'm not sure how this works from a more anatomical perspective. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember patients, like, I don't remember when I was working in a reproductive health clinic setting, like, people complaining about that too much, but it's also been years since I was in that position. Okay. So, yeah, that's my two cents
1: on that. Okay, and so I really want to say, this last method is, to me, laughable, and I don't want to make it laughable, but I, uh, I just am not sure how accurate it is um i do want to say uh before getting in we're going to talk about the fam method now which uh upon research is 76 to 88 percent effective which i think okay that's like a c to a b plus i would take that as a grading class um with the fam method could you explain what that means and what those options look like for women
0: totally yeah and going back to non-hormonal methods in general there's you know as, as i mentioned there's a the barrier methods there's the FAM method. But then there's also um, herbal contraception, you know, and I'm not going to talk too much about it, but yeah, I okay. think that it's important for us to recognize all the methods that women and people have been using to control their fertility throughout humanity and history. So right. there are, you know, herbal forms of, there's also herbal fashions, so, you know, herbal abortions, um, right. and there are forms of herbal contraception as well. Um, so oh. when it comes to FAM, yeah, I'm happy to talk about FAM because um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different things that, um, people can do to be, and I'm saying people, um, to acknowledge that there are people, um, with, uh, anatomy that identify as men who are menstruating and, um, have uteruses and, and all of that men and also non-binary. So I'm just going to use people. Um, but yeah, so for people to be aware of when they're fertile, um, I think is a really not only, um, a, a way to control their fertility, but also potentially potentially something that's empowering for them, you know, to know what's going on in their body. Um, so, you know, this would include things like monitoring your cervical mucus. This would, The most basic thing to do is, you know, counting the days, right? So if you have a 30-day cycle, um, that second half of your cycle for all people is almost always 14 days. So what you're going to do is you're going to take that cycle length and subtract 14 days. So if you are a 30 day cycle person, you're almost always going to ovulate on day 16. Like that's going to be your fertile period. Let's say you have a much shorter cycle. You have a 25 day cycle. Like you, you know, have those quick cycles. Um, you know, you're going to subtract those 14 days. That means that you're almost always going to ovulate on that 11th day. So Hmm. keeping track of that.
1: Yeah. I have a question about that because I'm, I'm someone that for the most part, I would say, give or take a couple days, uh, maybe actually one, one day, actually, I would say my cycle normally, normally comes on at the same date, same time every month. However, say I travel or say I get back into exercising, um, I have even recently more so been abnormal, where it's just like, damn, my period then came a whole week early. For, for for women like that, you would you still recommend this method if essentially their cycles are, are not as consistent or normal, I would say? Because that, that's always been my fear. I'm like, I could come a week early, a week late, three days early, a day late. Does that still work then if I'm abnormal in that way?
0: Yeah, so two things. I mean, I think that this method is best practice, number one, if getting pregnant isn't good going to ruin your life. And number okay. n- for real talk, yeah, you know, and okay. that that's a factor again coming back to the this this main idea that like, you know, it's different for everyone. Some people are like if I got pregnant it would ruin my life. Other people are like, you know what? It wouldn't be a big deal. I'm kind of open to it or or whatever. Like everybody's different. Um right. but I think this method is best practiced um for people who it wouldn't ruin their life. Um people who are very on top of their shit and for people who are able to combine different ways of using it. Like, if you have an irregular period, then what you should be doing is definitely tracking it and so that you have an average cycle length. Like me, I have over 10 years of menstrual data. I think I told you this on the last episode. It was wild. So I (laughs) have my average. Yeah, and (laughs) I know, I know. And believe me, I have months where I'm five days early, five days late, whatever. But the average hasn't shifted much. You know, it's like 32, 33 days. So you do that, but but then also...
1: I mean you have 10 years though. How long would you say it would take a woman to realistically find her average? How many how many months or would Maybe you say eight it years. would take A year,
0: okay. A year, two years. I mean, there's no, you know, real hard numbers on this, but I think that doing that, having this kind of idea of what the average is, but then also again, paying attention to your cervical mucus, paying attention to other things about your body. You could even do the whole basal body temperature thing, get a basal body thermometer. Um, but then also just like practicing, you know, maybe, maybe you do use condoms for that one week you're unsure. Maybe you do, you do pull out plus fam those, you know, that week or two weeks that you're unsure. So I think it's best used when you combine a different um you know different different parts of of this awareness plus potentially protection
1: okay okay i'm i i'm not gonna lie i i'm now going to also do my research in the herbal options i most recently had an episode shout out to mila again we had the conversation because she's an anti-vaxxer um so i thought it was a very important conversation to even bring up right now in terms of the COVID 19 vaccine uh being out but also my question was okay well if you don't believe in vaccinations have you done birth control have you taken monistat have you taken these other medicinal options that are out here because essentially those are being put in your body and it brought me back to even you bringing up the depot. now that i think about it what is is there a difference now now that i think about it is there a difference essentially between a vaccination and what we're putting in our bodies for birth control is there any correlation to that to where someone that may fear the vaccine should they also look at the things that they're putting into their body in terms of birth control
0: yeah i mean i'll just start out i'm no expert on vaccines yes, yes, but um, <laughs> yeah um <laughs> But, but no, I think this really comes back to, you know, again, this principal question of like, you know, people should be empowered and informed to do, you know, what they feel is right for them. And when it comes to birth control, you know, there are some people that don't want to alter their hormonal profile at all. Right. And I, and, and, you know, that, that, you know... Great. There's options for people who don't want to do that. There's some people who do want to. You know, they're like, "Give me that. You know, give me the pill, patch, ring. Give me the, Mire-, you know, whatever, because I want to have that. Um, you know, I, I I appreciate the the effects of those hormones on my body. Um, so, you know, everybody's just so different, and I think that when sure. it comes down to it, you know, I'll I'll I said this on the 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 horrible decisions episode, and I'll say it again. But you know, for combined method, for example, pill, patch, ring. You know, a lot of people. I think there's this misconception where people are like, I don't want to pump in extra hormones into my body. Well, you know, actually what's happening is when you take a combined method, what it's doing is it's kind of putting your ovaries into like kind of a, I call it like a late, like they get, they're sitting in the recliner because they're not producing a fertile egg and releasing it. They're relax they're relaxing. And, um, you know, when you're, when your ovary is producing that, that fertile egg and releasing it, that's a lot of work and, and that in itself pumps out a lot of hormones. So actually, when you are on a combined method and and again you know i'm not i'm not a scientist in this but oftentimes it's been shown that the hormonal profile of a person using one of those methods is actually lower the the overall baseline hormones is actually lower than a naturally cycling mm. woman so it's this misconception of like i'm pumping my body up with hormones it's like eh, calm down everybody like it could actually <laughs> be less <laughs> you
1: know <laughs> So this wouldn't be a conversation if we didn't also, before we get out of here, discuss emergency contraception. So a lot of us, you know, again, like myself, um, like many of my friends may not want to go through putting something into our bodies, either long-term or on a weekly or monthly basis. So if we slip up, we go into the emergency plan B, literally, as our option um, and we were having this conversation right prior to coming on because we all say plan B even if it's necessarily not the brand plan B so now there are multiple options that someone can take for emergency contraception do you could you list maybe what ingredients should be in one some of the ones that you're familiar with outside of Plan B and then also I did want to bring up one of the ones that I see is going viral recently um and we can talk about that as well but what information do you have to share regarding emergency contraception
0: Sure yeah I mean emergency contraception is great
1: <laughs> It is isn't
0: it it's, it's great that it exists um you know uh obviously you know, not ideal to be taking it all the time, but glad that it exists. So, um, emergency contraception, also called EC, is just a, um, a, usually a single or double dose of uh, progestin. And, you know, the the single dose is usually, I think it's 1.5 milligrams. Um, So it usually is the same ingredient. It's called like levostranol, something something like that. Um, Something like like that. Yeah, something like that. There's a lot of brands out there. There's like, there's Next Choice, there's um, you know, obviously, Plan B. There's a, another one like Next Choice that's really common, that's a generic. Um, there's also another one that's called Ella. Um, now, Ella mm. is a different hormone completely, I believe. And this is a type of EC that can only be obtained through a healthcare provider, and it okay. is for women who are over a certain BMI. So um, this is something where, you know, um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, EC is not effective if you're over a certain BMI. Well, correct. correct, and that's why it's a good idea to go to a healthcare provider and see if maybe this is a better option for you. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents on EC it's, you know, it can be really effective. I think they recommend it, you know, 72 hours within, but it could be also even effective, um, within five days, I believe
1: up to five 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 days. days. That's That's what I saw as well. So there's another, uh, one that I saw recently going viral on Twitter. You know, I love getting all of my news and information on Twitter. not sure how good that is. Um, but it's a, (laughs) it's one that is called my way. Um, I don't want to say that I am, you know, saying it works or doesn't work, but it basically is available on Amazon, uh, for only $8. And as most of us know, uh, even plan B is about $50 at your local pharmacy. And actually the funny thing about this and why it's going viral is there's all of these reviews of women actually posting their ultrasounds and saying that, oh, so this didn't work for me. Um, it is a plan B that's available on Amazon. And I did want to ask you, I know that we can go again to our local pharmacies and get uh plan B now over the counter. When I was growing up, you used to actually have to go to the, they, you had to go to the pharmacist and show that you were over 18 and all of that to even get it. It's now available over the counter. Would you suggest uh, this contraception being sold on Amazon? or? Hell no. <laughs> I don't know. It is like literally a, a tenth of the price um of what we're used to. It does have the Levinesterol title on there. However, um yeah, I'm not sure if this is something that I would suggest anyone looking for emergency contraceptive as well uh to go on amazon and get it also you do have only that short window realistically um and so you want to get it as soon as possible even if you're able to get this on amazon prime i don't think i would suggest it either um do you have any other ways that you've seen ec or or birth control administered or maybe you know a way that women should look to it outside of maybe their primary care provider like a nonprofit, a Planned Parenthood, is that something that you suggest people to go to? Or there, I mean, I've been to a free gyno here in New York, those are options and you would, you would recommend those as well?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think, especially like for youth, like if you can't afford to buy it at a pharmacy, like they're, they're absolutely our um, options. Uh, I think that probably the best option in terms of, cause I know your listeners are all over the place. Um, if they're yeah. here in the States, um, what they can do is they can go to, um, they can just uh, type into Google title 10 provider search, title 10 provider, um, and that'll lead you to, um, I believe it's Office, office of Population, I, I don't remember what it is, but it's a federal okay. website. And you could just put in your zip code and it'll come out with all of the Title X providers in your area. Um, you can also, it, it's important to know that, that Planned Parenthood is no longer included in that because of that whole okay. thing so of the funding. Yeah.
1: Yep, yep.
0: So you can also go to a Planned Parenthood for sure. Um, okay. And in the, in those cases, most Title Ten providers are going to either be, um, you know, maybe they take your insurance, but a lot of them, if they're community clinics, they'll be either sliding scale or oftentimes like for youth, there'll be some kind of program that they can, you know, be seen with and uh, that will provide the funding. Um, again, this is going to really vary by where you live, but by I think that that's live. probably the best option for folks to check of, out. Of
1: course. Something that I like to always do before we, uh, get off with our guests is have our guests leave some sort of tip or, or a bit of advice for any of our listeners who tuned in specifically for this topic, I guess, what would be your advice to anyone going through the same rabbit hole that I went through uh, not too long ago with searching for, for birth control options? What would be your advice to that person that doesn't really know what, what is the best option for them?
0: Totally. So, I think three things quickly. Number one, again, like you asked, you kind of have to try it to see what works for you, unfortunately. Number two, the best birth control method for you is the one that you'll actually use. And then number three... um, you know, I just want to encourage people to be really like to be empowered and to, you know, have honest conversations with themselves and with their partners, because, you know, their life is all about trade-offs, right? And, you know, you can have a birth control method that is really effective that, you know, you like overall, but then maybe it makes you feel really bad. And it's like, you know, we want, I want folks to be empowered in their sexuality, enjoy their sexuality, enjoy their bodies. And so, Just encourage folks to have honest conversations with themselves about what's what's most important to them in in their in their sexual health and in these choices.
1: And I love that you say that because mine for sure was being myself and controlling everything about me that I could, including my skin, my weight, my my attitude, my emotions. Um, And that was actually the real conversation that I had with my partner. I said, Listen, I really, really like you. I love our sex and I'm not sure what type of family planning you have in mind but i don't want to change who i am to be with you um and i also want you to be very clear that i'm not interested in building a family or having a child and it was a very real conversation to have that we had very early on and i think that amidst me being someone that does uh you know push women to be their best sexually liberated selves and not limit even the amount of partners they, they have or anything because you should be able to be free to do exactly what you want. I think it is very important. Like you said, whether you have one partner or 10 that conversation needs to be had with all of them, whether you're using protection or not, because of course, slip ups can always happen. Condoms break. They're not also, hundred. nothing is a hundred percent effective. And so, Whether you're using some sort of barrier or birth control, I think anybody that you lay in bed with those type of conversations need to be had with your partners. And you also want to get a feel of, you know, their thoughts on it as well. Uh, but Esme, where can any of my listeners reach out to you if they have any further questions or just want to connect with you on a deeper level, maybe have some questions for you or bring you onto their show, where can they find you?
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think the best place is probably Twitter. My handle is, e snow with a three w's at the end of snow
1: and guys we are going to make sure that that information is in the description of this episode stay tuned for a little bit of stacks and facts on birth control and we will be right back Esme, thank you so very much for joining me today thank you so much mandy Bye. Bye, bye, bye I have been wanting to have that conversation with Esme for so long, so I'm so excited that we finally got to have it. And as many of you listening know, I'm sure that you either are currently going through the conversation with getting on birth control, or one of the p- people who have been on birth control forever, or are trying to find an alternative option to a birth control that may not have worked for you. For today's stats and facts, I actually wanted to go through some of the myths and debunk them regarding birth control. The first one being that the pill must be taken at the same exact time every day. While this is likely what you've heard about using the pill and maybe even what your doctor has told you, most birth control pills are effective so long as they're taken every day, no matter what time it can be useful to take your pill at the same time every day so that the practice becomes a habit, but it is not actually medically necessary. Oh, wow. I'm very, I think we have all oh, heard that one another one and one that I even mentioned in this episode birth control makes you gain weight well it looks like that myth that was busted as well while weight gain is a common immediate side effect of hormonal birth control it's usually just water weight that will flush out with your next cycle hormonal birth control makes you retain fluid differently but it typically doesn't permanently change your appetite or how you store fat There is no link between hormonal birth control and sustained weight gain. The exception is the Depo-Provera shot, which has been linked to longer. Oh, here we go. (laughs) That has been linked to longer term weight gain and only about a quarter of patients experience this side effect. Well, I was definitely in that 25%. One of the other things that I actually brought up on my other podcast, Horrible Decisions, years ago, and was actually told against it as well, is the common fact, and we had this conversation as well with Shan Booty, is that birth control can impact your fertility. Another common myth about hormonal birth control is that sustained use can affect long-term fertility. This is indeed false. Whether you've been on the pill for one month or 15 years, you can get pregnant after you stop taking it assuming that you don't have any other fertility issues. There are many reasons as to why someone may face fertility issues, but hormonal birth control is not one of them. I really do hope that you guys look into all of the options in which we discussed in this week's episode regarding birth control, but furthermore, also having that conversation again with your partner. A lot of men aren't aware of a lot of the side effects that come with birth control. And I think that it's a very, very important conversation that we should, should be having with our partners whether we want to have a child whether we don't whether we want to risk the hormonal imbalance and not being able to control our anger because of birth control yes that's what happens all of that is 100% something that our partners should be aware of and that we should have the conversations of. Again, super excited and love that I was able to have this conversation today with Esme regarding birth control and all of the options and alternatives. I truly hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to go on over. We don't have birth control, but we got Bork acid suppositories. We got apple cider vinegar gummies. And again, I hope you all enjoyed and were able to catch this last box drop box number three is out and so i hope that all of you guys if you were able to snag one of your boxes you're able to go ahead write us a review make sure you follow us and i really hope that you are loving what we are doing over here at official box owner i want to thank all of you guys for supporting don't forget we're now also on youtube check this week's full episode go on over now search period sis search official box owner search mandy b on youtube or just simply check the description of this episode Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for rocking with me each and every week. As always, y'all can catch us here every mother. Oh, let me not cut. So, you know, anyways, you can catch us here every Monday. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review wherever you listen to us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And go ahead and follow us everywhere on our social media. On Instagram at official box owner and over on Twitter at o box owner. I'm your host Mandy B. Thank you yet again for joining me. Until next week, bye guys. It's about so much more than just preventing pregnancy for so many young women. Absolutely, periods that last a long period mm-hmm. of time or have exceedingly heavy flow. Some kids who have profound acne, mm-hmm. they use birth control or you know the, the pill to help manipulate their their skin and prevent other reasons for needing to be on different medications.